G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On 2020 this week, we're talking about all things marriage. It's Marriage Week from the 11th to the 17th of September. As part of Marriage Week, we thought we'd look into the figures of where we're at in contrast to when our parents were newlyweds. What are the trends and why? Social researcher Mark McCrindle joins us with some insights and quick facts about marriage in Australia based on McCrindle research findings from their latest report. Mark, welcome to 2020. Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you. While we many think, I guess, the tradition of marriage in Australia is declining, I understand that there's. it's interesting to note that a number of marriages in Australia are on the rise. What? what tell us why. That's right. Yes, numerically, uh, marriages continue to grow. Uh, so in the last 12 months, or the most recent 12 months we have the data for, uh, there were almost 122,000 marriages in the year. And the other side of it is that divorces are decreasing, um, just 46,000 divorces. So uh, marriages are very popular and the uh, marriage rate has been declining, but total marriage numbers continue to rise and, it's, um, and it seems to be in good health here in Australia. And I guess compared to what it was like when our parents were getting married and our grandparents were getting married, I guess the median age is also going up. Share a little bit about it with the insight with that. Yeah, that's right. So a generation ago, getting married was an early 20s something phenomena with the majority of people in their early 20s, brides, early 20s, grooms getting closer to the mid 20s. But these days that has been pushed back significantly with the average age a male marries a a groom, uh, just hitting 30 uh, and 28 for a bride. So um, there's still a two-year difference between men and women as they marry, um, men two years older than women, um, but, uh, but certainly being pushed back to the late 20s and early 30s currently. So what are relationships, what are you finding are relationships, what are they like before they tie the knot? Like walking over the threshold used to be a real tradition after the wedding day. Um, I guess that's not the case so much now. No, that's right. Um, you know, those numbers continue to rise in marriages. The age continues to rise. And with that, you get more people cohabiting prior to marriage. So it used to be that um, uh, people didn't have their own house. People would be living with their parents. They would get married in their early 20s, and then they would move into their own place together. Um, that's uh, the case for just one in five uh, people who get married now. So 80%, just under 80%, uh, of all marriages are, are couples that are cohabitating prior to marriage. Um, so it's, it's sort of flipped, uh, that statistic is flipped upside down uh, in the span of a generation. That's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And it's, um, you know, a few factors. Uh, obviously, social values have changed. Um, the age has changed. Uh, you've got people that uh, therefore aren't actually moving out from their parents' home to into a new marriage and into a new um, home together, uh, but tend to have their own homes or or maybe a, a renting somewhere. And so, um, you know, apart from just the 
the, the change in, in, in what that means, um, it's, it's uh, a little um, unusual, certainly not what used to take place, because you've, um, you've got a couple of lives together, getting married and then going on honeymoon and then back to the place that they were living in. So uh, outside of um, Christian circles, uh, that's the norm. Uh, we have found in our research that Christians uh, uh, tend to be where Australia used to be, uh, and that is uh, largely not cohabitating prior to marriage and, um, and, uh, and slightly younger in age as well. And I guess when it comes to religion, I understand the certificate of marriage is quite different. Most, most of our parents got married in a church. What, what do the stats say now? Well, if we look at the numbers of weddings conducted by a civil celebrant compared to a religious minister, uh, that's very much changed. And now four in five weddings are conducted, uh, just under four in five, more than three in five are conducted by a, a civil celebrant. Uh, in fact, the last year that religious weddings were above civil weddings was all the way back in 1998. Every year since then, and it's a growing trend, more people are being married by a celebrant. So so big change there, and partly that's just the rise in um, in, in more Australians not being religious. Uh, we see that in the census data as well. Um, we still have the majority of Australians that identify in some form or other with Christianity, but for a lot of those who even say, yeah, my identity is, is with this Christian denomination or that, um, they might not be wholly active in a church, and so when it comes to getting married, um, they don't contact the minister or pastor, but are, um, uh, often will, will contact a civil celebrant. Partly what drives that is the venue of where they want to get married as well. And so um, in some denominations, if someone is not being married in a church, then it's by the, the nature of it, it's a civil ceremony. And we've certainly seen Australians make the most of the climate in Australia, and uh, particularly the spring and summer months. And so we're moving more weddings to uh, to outdoors. It used to be uh, weddings was uh, ringing the church bells, and now it's often heading to the park or the beach. Uh, such has been the change in in weddings in Australia. And and we used to celebrate our grandparents' golden wedding anniversaries. Um, you know, we used to sort of sort of celebrate th- those milestones, I guess, w- with regards to longevity. What's the average length of marriages today? How long do they actually last in Australia? Well, the good news on that is that they're lasting longer. People say half of all marriages end in divorce. It's not the case. Uh, in fact, the best um, Australian Bureau of Statistics analysis on this says that it's, if anything, close to one in three. So most marriages last, as is the commitment, until death do they part, uh, which is encouraging for us to reflect on. And the divorce rate, as I said, is getting uh, getting lower. Um, it's been declining. Uh, as you get less people marrying, if that marriage rate is declining, then the people who are choosing marriage really are choosing it because they're committed to the institution of marriage and to the person they want to marry. Uh, it's not out of some social pressure. It's not out of some some community norm. It's because they believe in it. And so you would expect as the marriage rate drops for people to be more considered in it and to only enter into uh, the marriage relationship if they're committed because there's no advantage under law in a marriage. A de facto relationship offers the same, uh, the same legal status. Uh, and so people entering into marriage are committed. The marriages are lasting longer, those that do end, but most uh, encouraged to say don't end. Of those that do end in divorce, they're, they're lasting longer. Um, used to be this, this term, the seven-year itch. And if you go back 
a generation, we had that, that the average tenure of a marriage that did end was seven years to the point of separation, and then about eight to nine years for uh, for the divorce. Uh, that's that's expanded uh, significantly uh, over the last uh, couple of decades, indeed. The trend is that it's, well, continuing to last longer. It's 12 years from, a bit over 12 years, even those that end in divorce, uh, that's the length that they last. I'm speaking with Mark McCrindle. He's from McCrindle Research and we'll be back with some more insights on marriage in a short while. You're listening to 2020 and we're talking about all things marriage. It's Marriage Week this week and we've been chatting with Mark McCrindle from McCrindle Research who's been giving us a snapshot of the social fabric and the current statistics of Australians when it comes to tying the knot. Mark, if you took that hat off just now and gave your personal view, when was the significant shift, I guess, in the covenant of marriage and the sanctity of marriage change from a religious uh, stance to a, to one of just state? Mm. Well, it's been a, a drift over the last few generations, but certainly since the 1950s and into the 1960s, we saw the change. And it became more of a social um, uh, concept. It, it certainly became a, a state uh, concept rather than the the religious commitment that it was and and with that you know the 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 church connection that came with that that marriage relationship people connected with with others in their church with peers and um, and with the support that that offers if something is purely um, a signature on a um, a state sanctioned certificate if it's purely a legal construct and um, and if there are no social mores or values around what happens within that covenant or, or, or to what extent it's kept, um, then it does lose some value. And we've, we've seen that a little bit, that uh, we're in a, in a culture that celebrates everyone's uh, personal empowerment, everyone's um, opportunity to do what they want. It's a judgment-free society. And, and that can mean that some of the commitments made um, are less than uh, than than the the traditional um, commitment of sickness and in health and to death do we part? Uh, we've seen a bit of a trend as well with weddings over the last uh, generation to be um, an event um, and to be all about the wedding rather than the marriage, to be about the day rather than the um, the commitment. And I think um, as um, something as important as marriage becomes. Uh, a bit more about managing an event and the difference, the uniqueness, the novelty, um, then it can lose a focus on that commitment made to one other person, uh, forsaking all else, and, uh, and and it loses some strength in that as well. So so would you say, in a way, we've lost our moral compass? Yeah, I think that's that's true as a society. Um, it's... Um, it's it's about uh, everyone having their own choices and options, and uh, you know that sounds very empowering. But actually, if we lose a commitment to marriage, it's it's quite disempowering uh, around our word, around our promise, around the people involved. Um, until recently, the majority of all marriages that break up involve children, um, and obviously there is pain on all sides when a marriage dissolves. And so it does highlight the importance of maintaining a clear understanding on marriage, upholding the commitment of that, celebrating um, the marriage uh, institution in our society, and doing all we can as a society to support that. Uh, the basic building block of our community, which is about relationships and respect and honoring each other, 
is the family unit and the basic building block of the family unit is the marriage. So it is important that it's uh, uh, understood uh, and, and upheld as a community uh, because our community functions better when, when marriage is, is well regarded and honoured. Now, one cheeky question to end. I know that you're married. So mm-hmm. what would, what's, what's some advice that you'd give some of our listeners with regards to Marriage Week? Well, uh, to live by those vows, <laughs> you know, to, to, to be self-sacrificing, it's, uh, it, it cuts against what is human. You know, we're, we're selfish in our orientation and to think of someone else and to put someone else before ourselves is the biggest battle of life, the biggest challenge we face, the biggest stumbling block to marriage is, to anyone in a marriage is oneself. Um, and so it is constantly um, uh, reflecting on the vows and, and, and not necessarily the words said, but, but the intent that's said and, and making sure that that is something that to the extent um, we, can, um, we can self-reflect, uh, that, it's, that it's lived out you know, each day, not just said once and, uh, and then we move on. Just in relation to that, like you, you've mentioned a lot about how the church has really declined in relation to the sanctity of marriage, the covenant of marriage. Where do you see the church standing for for the future for our for our nation? Mm. Well, as we have seen um, the, the commitment to the church drift, and fewer people identify as Christian. Mind you, it's still sixty one percent of the nation, but that's down from almost nine in ten a generation ago. So. There's been this this slippage, um, and, and the number of people saying no religion has increased from uh, about one in ten to now one in four. So, um, so, so there is a, a clear trend in this regard. But in a lot of ways, it's that uh, going to church or being um, an active Christian, uh, that practicing Christianity by church attendance as a social norm, that that's faded, and those therefore that. Do go to church, or those that are committed to a Christian community really are, are doing that in a meaningful way because there's no social value in, in doing so just to go with the flow. Society has changed. And I think that um, that the church, therefore, and, and those that are there uh, are, are strong and are solid, are smaller than they used to be as a proportion of the population from about 30% attending church four decades ago to now about 15% of the nation in any way regularly attending church. And uh, and yet that's that's a big number. Um, that's three and a half million Australians. That's that's a big number that can have a massive impact on our community. So even though the proportions might decline, even though society moves on in different directions, I think the communities of Christians in their areas, if they're uh, living out their the, the gospel and uh, meeting the needs of their community, being a, a go out church rather than a come-to-us sort of church um, can really be the salt and the light in a community that's looking for that. And, uh, and I think that's, um, that's so needed in our society, and, uh, and I think a lot of churches are doing that well. Mark McCrindle from McCrindle Research, thank you for joining us on 2020. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.